Yes, guys, we've got a Biff and Award winning actor in the house, Mr. Thomas Turgos. How you doing, Thomas? You okay, mate? Yeah, all good, mate. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. That's all right. No worries. I was just saying, uh, we was just talking before the uh, the recording started. I'm not sure if you're going to edit that bit out, but we, um, we've, we've been trying to get it planned for a while, haven't we? And uh, I was we still have. sat in my pants playing FIFA till five minutes ago, so... It was all a bit of a rush trying to get it all sorted. But yeah, all good. Glad to be here, mate. <laughs> well, we got there in the end, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, we know that you shot to fame in 2006 playing Sean in one of the truly iconic British films of the 20s, well, of this century. Um, this is England. Mm, and yeah. since then, you've gone on to start in critically acclaimed Summerstown. And of course, the Kingsman Golden Circle. We'll talk a little bit about them later. But most recently... And it is the film of the moment, Creation Stories. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. I'm, um, I'm just over the moon that people are liking it. You know, it's kind of, I mean, have you, have you seen the film? Have you managed to watch it? I've not watched it yet. Not I saw the trailer this week, but I plan on watching it this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are the same. It's kind of because it's not in cinema. It's kind of a lot of people who are used to going to the cinema are kind of waiting for that, but. You know, I, I just can't, I can't see the cinema release happening now. So, um, unless they do do a cinema release, which I'm not aware of. But, um, yeah, man, I just, I'm, I'm just buzzing that people like it because it's such a such a huge part of a lot of people's lives, especially sort of our generation who grew up listening to, to Oasis and Primal Scream and Jesus and the Mary Chain and, and you know, all the other great bands that Alan McGee um, managed. And also just Alan, McGee, Alan McGee's story as well, like, Anyone who doesn't know who, who has watched the film, he's just lived such a fucking mental life. Um, he's got some great stories to tell. And also with it being written by Irvine Welsh as well, which was just a huge treat. I mean, obviously I grew up a big fan of train spotting um, and like like my dad and my mum both loved that. So um, yeah, when, when we found out that Irvine was going to write it, it was a real treat. And obviously Danny Boyle, um, exec produced it as well so yeah we just managed to get a real good crew of people together and um, yeah just made a, a great film and I'm happy with it and my dad loves it um, and and you know my, my closest friends all they tell me they love it I suppose they've got to aren't they? they they might think it's shit but I think they've got to tell me that it's good but yeah, yeah I'm just, <laughs> well, um, well, just from, people liking it. from the trailer I mean the last sort of like iconic British film that I can remember about a record label owner, shall we say. That was um, 24-hour party people and that was Factory mm. Records, wasn't it? Tony Wilson. And this film looks up there in terms of, you know, it's just the cast, like you say, the cast, spot on, the story. Mm. I've seen Alan McGee on a couple of... Um, he was on a podcast recently, actually, with uh, Sean Ryder and Bez and some oh, of his God. stories are just mental. Oh, I they? can imagine them free together. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> Yeah, no, it um, it really is. It was just, it was a treat. It really was. I um, I worked with a couple of the guys. I, I, notably, I worked with Nick Moran, um, who directed it um, on a film called Avengement, which I think is still available on Netflix actually. Um, but I worked with Nick, got to know him really well. Um, we got on, you know, we got on like an house on fire. And he said to me on set, he said, "Oh, I'm directing this film." Um, and, you know, a lot of people say that. They go, oh, we will work together again, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he, he said that he, he wanted me for this film that he's got coming up and explained all about it. And as soon as he told me the, the story of it, of it, and obviously I was a big fan of McGee anyway, so I, I must have rang him fucking so many times going, so what's happening with that film then, mate? Is that a film going ahead? Is that a film going ahead? <laughs> yeah. And then got the script and just fell in love with it. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's for me as well, it's a totally different character to anything that I've played before. So, 
yeah, it was nice to be the boring, sensible guy instead of the guy that's always, you know, off his tits or you know, <laughs> being, being a nuisance. So, yeah, so it was, it was sweet. tell us a little bit then about the role that you're playing. So I play a guy called Dick Green, who's um, obviously based on a, on a true character who grew up with McGee. Um, and he was responsible for creation records as well from the very beginning. Um, and but uh, whilst McGee was off gallivanting around and trying all the, the drugs and alcohol that was available at the time, um, Dick Green was very much back at the office with his calculator um, and the taking the phone calls and avoiding the bailiffs and just sort of being, I, I like to think, the backbone of the, of the you know, McGee was the, the face the face of creation and, you know, the, the entertainment, whereas Dick Green um, was very much the, the core of the core of the, of, of the, the business um, and just kept things going. And, you know, I think there, there was a quote that McGee said um, that Dick Green was the most boring man to ever pick, ever pick up a guitar. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was just a real treat. But for, sadly, I never got to actually meet Dick Green um, to, to sort of do any research into the character. Um, and Dick Green was famously very much away from all the cameras and, and, and the press and the interviews and things like that. So it was really tough to sort of get an idea of who Dick Green was. Um, but, you know, I was fortunate that um, Alan McGee told me a lot about him. Um, Nick Moran told me a lot. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a nice little character to play. And obviously I got to work with um, I got to work with Michael Soccer again. Um, who I worked with for a long time on This Is England. Um, he played Joe Foster um, brilliantly. Yeah. So yeah, it was nice to be. It was nice to be um, on a set that wasn't This Is England um, as as grown ups, as men, and as you know, as me as married and Michael as a father. So yeah, it was nice to be on a on a different set, um, not being able to get away with what we might have been able to get on. Get away with <laughs> yeah. <England. laughs> yeah. So you talk about Alan McGee giving you a lot of advice then um, into the role. So was Alan very much constant on set? Was he, you know, did you you feel his presence in and around the production? Yeah. Yeah. He was there a lot. You know, he was sort of pottering around and and just just all around just being just helpful, you know, particularly for for us guys who was having to play, you know, people who he he was brought up with. And um, yeah, he was just giving us a great insight into the characters that we was playing. Um, I know it helped you and Bremner, who played Alan McGee, um, a great deal, because um, he was very. I think Alan McGee's very particular, so um, so you know you and Bremner had a real job on his hands to really capture what who he was and what he was about back then. So yeah, yeah, it was nice to have McGee, and he's and he's become a friend of mine as well, which is, you know, I always find kind of bizarre really when when you meet people and they become your friends, but. I mean, when I first met McGee on set, it was very much like I was looking at him like, fucking hell, you're Alan McGee. Um, So now, you know, for him to pop up and send me a text every now and then or, you know, meet up when we're in London and stuff. So, yeah, I find that a bit bizarre. But, yeah, he's um, he's a top guy. And I think he loves the film as well. I think he's really proud of it. And, yeah, so, but I know know he's worked. I know him and Irvin Welsh was, um, you know, caning down on the script for a long time so yeah you can you can tell from the trailer that there's there's a lot of work that's been invested into the film and there's a lot of attention to detail it looks it looks absolutely it's 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 just so fast paced and funny and and it's everything that you from that you get from 
having a drink or having a chat with um, Nick Moran, the director, when you stand and have a chat with Nick Moran, he's so, <laughs> so like, oh, he's so quick and snappy and like witty, which is everything that you, you get in the film as well. So I think you can really, really see that, you know, Nick Moran's put his own sort of twist on the direction and the film and he makes a great cameo in there as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he's done a great job at directing it, Nick, and um, I look forward to working with him again, hopefully, sooner rather than later, because we've been locked down for a year and I've got a mortgage to pay. So yes, of course. Out, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that when directors do little cameos in films, of course, holding back to Alfred Hitchcock was the master at it, and mm. we're going to talk a little bit about later. Shea Meadows as well also uh, pops up, doesn't he, in yeah, some of his films? Yeah, he pops up a little bit, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's always popping up a little bit. He's, um, yeah, he played the uh, the chippy the chippy guy in uh, This Is England. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it ever made the cut, actually. I, well, I haven't seen This Is England for so long, but, yeah, he's always popping up, Shane. He's, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a great guy. So I knew that Creation Stories was in production, and I've been looking forward to it for a while, and you've just mentioned then, of course, we couldn't get the cinema release. So I didn't realise it was going to be... So it's been launched on Sky and Now TV platforms then. Yeah, so it's available now to watch on uh, Now TV. Um, you can rent it from there or it's on Sky Cinema. Um, or if there's any Australian, New Zealand and maybe a couple of other places um, that it's going, to, it's going to be on in cinemas on the 15th of April. Um, I'm not sure what countries that is, um, obviously because of you know, COVID restrictions and whatnot, but yeah. So, I mean, hopefully they do a little cinema release and I, do you know what I was, when, when we made this film, I was thinking, fuck it. Cause I never made the rap party because I went, I was working on another job at the same time. So I wasn't able to go to the rap party. And I remember thinking fucking gutted because if there's one rap party, you want to be involved. You in, want to go to creation stories. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is England do some pretty great rap parties, but I mean, creation <laughs> stories would have been up there. Um, and then obviously when we went into lockdown and there's no premiere, I mean, I was, I could only just imagine what the premiere would have been like. So yeah, but hopefully they can, um, hopefully we get a cinema release sort of later on in the year when they're back open. I think they're open in May, aren't they? So yeah, well, I nice hope so. A little independent cinema release. Cause it's such a, such a, like, it's such a great, it's, it, I think, it, I think just think it would look mint on the big screen. I watched it on, on the big screen end of last year. They did a little screening for us in London. Well, hopefully we get it up there on the silver screen. And do you know something? I'm sure the will do because there's going to be so much interest in this film. And like mm. I say, it's the British film of the moment. And who's the guy who'd have got playing Liam? I know, like I say, in the trailer, it just sort of, I only saw him for a brief second, but he mm. looks the spit of Liam in 93 up at King, uh, King Tut's. But yeah, he looks the part. He looks great. And the guy playing Noel as well. You know, it was such um, it was such a huge thing for casting that because... Let's be honest, you know, most people, nine in 10 people will know Alan McGee because of Oasis. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that I think that I try to put across is people, some people will message me on Instagram or they'll see me in the street and they'll go, when's the Oasis film out? And it's like, it's not an Oasis film. It's very much not an Oasis film. It's very much a film about Alan McGee. Um, so it, it was such a huge thing for the casting of Nolan and Liam. Um, I think there was very close to getting Liam's youngest son um, I think I did see that. Yeah, I saw that yeah, in the press so at the it, time. Yeah, Lennon, I think it was. Yeah, um, he was close to playing it, um, but never did for 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 one reason or another. Um, but yeah, the, the young kid playing him, uh, it looks great, and the, and they've sort of managed to shoot around it in a great way, and the soundtrack's amazing. Um, 
the yeah, soundtrack and the bits I mean, in King, the big bits in King Tut's as well. That they, that looks brilliant. So, yeah, man, yeah, it's um, I just I, 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 what one thing I was worried about is what Liam thought about it and Noel, but more so Liam because Liam's so loud on social media, and if he tweeted that he hated it, we we could potentially be fucked. So um, I, I keep like keeping a conscious eye on on his Twitter feed and seeing if he's tweeting about the film, but he hasn't said anything yet. So, I mean, he came on to set a, a little bit, so I, I know he was aware of it happening. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure not sure what he thinks of the film yet. So, so he came down on set then, did he? Yeah, Liam was down there. I think he came down a few times. He came when I was on set. Well, he... Because um, I, I was supposed to finish that morning at about 11am, and then the producer said, oh, Liam's coming down. At, at midday and I thought oh fuck it I'm waiting I'm gonna wait to yeah so then it got to like 12 o'clock and she was like oh he's gonna be an hour late so it got to one he was like oh he's not gonna be here till three and I'm that like, I finished like four hours ago and I'm like oh fuck it I'm waiting then he got there <laughs> and then he kind of walked past me and I was just like oh you're Liam oh. and I just sort of like chipped myself a little bit but um yeah man he, he was cool I didn't get to speak to him properly but yeah he's cool and it just showed you know he came on to do um a little thing with uh, the kid who was playing him you know, creation Liam and real Liam. So, yeah, it was nice of him to take his time out and come down and visit everyone on set and, yeah, give everyone a real boost, I think. Yeah, definitely. And that's no, that's good. And that's that's the thumbs up in it. That is the thumbs up right there for the that's film. That's what we need. From that's the man himself. Yeah, we need, we, need, um, we need Noel and Liam to like it, really, I think, because, again, just going back to it, more so Liam because he's so loud on social media. I think Noel doesn't really tweet unless it's a fucking competition does he so you know. <laughs> yeah when a sang guitar yeah when a sang guitar that's all he does isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, so were the king tut scenes were they shot on location then they was all shot in king tuts i believe nice went down oh man what a venue what an iconic venue i've never I've... been you know i've never been i've been to i've been to glasgow a few times but i've never been to king tuts but um uh a couple of my mates are in a band called the sherlocks and i know they've oh the sherlocks them. we know them yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, so I, I'm really good friends with Brandon Kieran. I uh, play golf with him a lot. So I know they, they've played at King Tut's a few times and they love it down there. So up there, rather. Up there, yeah, definitely up there, up in Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. Where is it you're from? Is Manchester, Wales? Yeah, we're Manchester, yeah, just outside. Yeah. Yes. So are you in Grimsby then? I know you. Yeah, course. I'm Grimsby-based, yeah. I spent yeah. most of... The year before last, in lock, just before lockdown, I spent a, a full year in Manchester pretty much working. Um, so, yeah, I love Manchester. It's a great city, isn't it? No, it is. It's a cool city. What were you working on in Manchester? So I was working on a, a Sky One series called Intergalactic, which is um, it's a drama set in outer space. So we have to be very careful, really, because we don't want to call it a sci-fi, because sci-fi is such a huge genre that some people, and me included, you know, if, if you if there was a genre of film to not to avoid, but one that I wouldn't be interested in, probably would be sci-fi. Um, but the the series is very much something, you know, different to a sci-fi. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of sort of realism and and a lot of huge characters in there, and you know, a lot of you know, there's so much going on. But it's um, but that's going to be out on Now TV in 30th of April, I think. So that'll be on Now TV and Sky as well. So anyone who's got Now TV or Sky is just going to be fucking fed up of seeing my face. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I'm going to check that out. So who's, who's, who's starring in it with you then? So there's, um, it's a um, heavily led female cast. Um, 
which is brilliant. Uh, they've got um, Sharon Duncan Brewster, who's playing one of the leads. And Sharon, she's done so much. She was in um, Bad Girls for a very long time. All ah, right, yeah. Oh, girl, Bad Girls taking it back there. Yeah. Can you remember Early 2000s. You remember what a Crystal, show that was. Crystal Gordon from right. Bad Girls. Yes, so Crystal yeah. Gordon and that, which again, meeting her for the first time was a bit like, because I've not looked <laughs> Bad Girls. Um, who else is in that? They've got Craig Parkinson. Oh, um, Craig Parkinson, yeah, of course, so, the uh, caddy from Line of Duty as well, exactly, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, so you've got Parky in there. Uh, we've got Neil Maskell's in it. Yeah. Um, Parminda. Um, you'll have to forgive me. I don't know how to pronounce the second name. I think it's Nagra. Um, she was in Bend It Like Beckham. Um, ah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What, got, a, uh, what a film that was as well. How big. Right. I rewatched it again the other week. It's yeah. It with my missus. But, yeah, so it's got, so it's got a great, great cast. It's a huge ensemble, so... Yeah, there's a there's a so much going on it, but every every week the uh, the characters visit a different planet, and you learn more about the characters as the episodes progress. So um, so yeah, I think there's eight episodes of that that's going to be. So on. was a lot of that studio based filming in Manchester studio, then? Yeah, right. Yeah, did, so uh, there was nothing location, and it was doubling up for you know maybe another. They shot a little bit in the northern quarter. Um, it was in the uh, in the, the Manchester Evening News actually because they took the spaceship from the the space studios in. Um, Gaunton. is it West Gaunton? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so they took the spaceship from there and put it in the middle of the Northern Quarter on a Friday afternoon to shoot the scene. <laughs> and everyone was like, "Why the fuck's there a spaceship?" <laughs> um, average, average Friday afternoon in the yeah, Northern exactly, Quarter in Manchester. Yeah, yeah. And then we, um, and then we shot over in Spain as well. Um, so they was over there for a while. I think I only did about a week. Um, so yeah, it was a treat, really, just getting to sort of travel around and. I mean, I just fell in love with Manchester. I've got a lot of friends there anyway, so I spend a lot of time in Withenshaw. Um, but yeah, man, I just, um, yeah, we had a nice little place in the city centre. We just had so much fun on the job. So yeah, um, hopefully we'll be going back and doing another series. We don't know yet, but hopefully so. So then we can spend a bit more time there. Hopefully so. So that's out at the end of April then. So again on Sky and Now TV. Mm. Okay, let's take it back then. So we're going back now. We mentioned it top of the show a little bit. The year's 2006, and you got your big break working with mm. Shane Meadows, who, of course, is a British cinema giant and one of my favourite actors of recent years, Mr Stephen Graham. Mm. How old were you when you made This Is England? And what was it like being on set with these legends? I must have been... I think I got, got cast when I was 14. I must have been 14 when we did it. Wow. No, nearly 15 years ago. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it was just... Because I, I, I was just a young kid that was brought up on a rough estate in Grimsby that never, ever had any ex acting experience, never, never thought about it. Um, so somehow I managed to, to land on this fucking film set with all these great people. Um, I mean, I, I, when I was a kid, I just took it in my stride, really. I mean, I, I, I sort of looked at people like Stephen and Vicky McClure and Shane Meadows and all these people. I mean, they're, they're my family before they're who they are. Do you know what I mean? I would never, I was saying to my missus the other day that we forget how famous Stephen Graham actually is because yeah. we know Stephen is the guy who, you know, gets his kids mates around and does pumpkin carving and, you know, dresses up a Santa for the kids at Christmas. And, you know, we, we know Stephen as that, as he's part of our family. You know, he was the first, Stephen and Hannah and, and, and his kids was the first, one of the first people we rang and said that we was having a baby. He was the first person who I, I, I rang and, you know, uh, when my mum passed away, he was the first person who was there for me. 
so yeah, Stephen's just and the same with Shane. You know, they've they've always just been a, a huge part of my life. Before before they are who they are, they they they're family members to me. So and to my wife. So yeah, I mean. It was just all, it all just happened so quickly, man. I mean, I, I remember just doing my first audition, which is, a very, you can see it on YouTube and you can just see how like, just young and naive and just sort of like, just just full of energy I was. So then winding up on set and then before we knew it, you know, I was traveling around the world with my dad to, to, to all these great cities, seeing the film and just getting the reaction that we got and, you know, and, and just, the, the things like that and going to, to, to award ceremonies and things that I never thought that I would ever be part of quickly became part of my normal life and still is. So I guess I've got, I've got, you know, a lot of people to thank for that in a sense. What a, what a truly, you know, an iconic film it was. And like you say, um, Shane Meadows, you know, giant of British cinema and Stephen Graham. I mean, you know, his work, his body of work now, if you, Incredible. you know, you take it back over the last 20 years, I mean, he was in The Irishman with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Hey, it's and, so strange you know, to see him sitting with Pacino and De Niro. And yeah, I mean, I, I was I was around his a, a couple of years ago and he's sat there and he's texting Johnny Depp. And, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is fucking mental. This is a whole different... <laughs> It's a whole different, you know, it's a whole different side to Stephen that you see because, you know, the, and the opportunities that Stephen's given me, I mean, not only, I mean, he's taught me how to be a man, he's taught me how to be who I am today, but he's also taught me so much, you know, in terms of the craft that we both do. He, he's taught me so much in, in a sense that, you know, how to, to put myself out there as an actor and how to, to treat people and, and yeah, so... So for that, I just owe him so much. But but yeah, he's um, some of the opportunities that he's given me. I mean, he's I've been to some of the most amazing parties and met the most amazing people with Stephen. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's crazy to think how when you just see him cutting around with Leonardo DiCaprio in Catch Me If You Can, it's just yes. fucking mental, really. <laughs> no, that is that's lovely to uh, to hear that. And of course, Vicky McClure, who. You know, I mean, what a career she's having, and of course, Line of Duty. That's just yeah. one of my favourite programs. Oh, it's mental, isn't it? it's so <laughs> yes, <fun>. yeah, it's, <laughs> um, it's it's amazing to see how well that Vicky and Martin and you know Adrian and all of the and Stephen obviously did the last series. Yeah, he it's did. Just so amazing to see how many people love that show, and you know, it's just, I, I know the incredible amount of work that Vicky and, and, and all of the guys put into that show, you know, I, I've seen some of the monologues and things that, that, that Vicky's had to learn, like nine, 10, 11 pages worth of dialogue for it. So yeah, I know that she's worked incredibly hard for it. And uh, yeah, she, I mean, Vicky deserves all the success that she's getting. I mean, it's, it's not an accident that, you know, she's in one of the most successful shows, you know, uh, it, it, that the BBC have ever produced because, She's so talented and hardworking. You know, she's um, she's earned she's earned her stripes. She 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 deserves to be there. So, yeah, she but it's such has. a great show. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm I'm great to it every single week. <laughs> that we've got to wait a week every episode. I know, I know. Every Sunday night is a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> and of course, around that time, you won the British Independent Film Award for the best promising newcomer. Mm. I mean, wow, aged yeah. fourteen. I know, but the funny thing is, is my dad still won't let me have the fucking statue. 
<laughs> what does he do with it? Well, I'm nearly 30 and I, I, moved out, <laughs> I moved out of my dad's when I was 19, I think. Um, but obviously I won it when I was 15. And um, so it went to my dad's house and it was always there when I was a kid. And when I moved out, I just never took it. And now I'm like, I've you know, there's a few other ones and, and I've got, you know, I've got some amazing things hung up around my house at the moment. I've got, there's a letter over there that Leonardo DiCaprio wrote to me again from Stephen Graham. And I just say, and I've got a, another oh award my God. like that. But I just think that my British Independent Film Award and other awards that I've won would look nice around my house. But I just, my dad won't let me have them. You've so. got to get it off your dad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me. I'm not tackling my old man, so I'll, I'll let him have <laughs> yeah. them for now. Yeah, but no, that was a great. It was a great honour, man. It was just, and again, I didn't really understand it. I, I was at the bit the Biffer Awards, and and I, and you know, there was Ken Loach was there, and you know, Helen Mirren and all these huge icons that I wasn't really aware of at the time. And I guess they kind of loved that. I, I you know, I met, I met all these people at the, the award ceremonies and they never really, I bet because I didn't know who they was, I bet they was just buzzing with it really, because I was just buzzing around sort of, I think I took a little autograph book with me and things like that. Cause I would say I was only 15. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, I remember I met Martin Freeman there at, at uh, when I was, well, we was at the Biffers, and because I was only fifteen, I was banging to Ali G at the time. So obviously, I, Martin Freeman played Ricky C in in Ali G, and I remember meeting Stains him. Stains massive, exactly. Yeah, and he was he, he, Stephen was friends. Stephen is friends of him, and brought him over to meet me. And again, I was just like, I was just so thrown by all the people that that I managed to meet when I was a kid. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's, it, was, it was such a great honor. And again, I, I was nominated a couple of years later for best actor but I was up against Michael Fassbender at that point so I mean I had fucking no chance of winning it when you're up against Michael <laughs> Fassbender so was that for Summerstown then uh, I think it might have been for Summerstown or maybe Eden Lake um, I can't remember it was so long ago um, but yeah I mean there was no I'd, I'd worked with I'd worked with Michael Fassbender so we, we was good friends at this point and um, I remember this this isn't what a British Independent Film Award looks like but um, I remember he, he'd won it and all night I'd be looking over him and he'd go, this is mine. <laughs> so he was taking the piss out of me a bit for that. But yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, it's all good fun. I mean, award ceremonies are good fun and um, they can get a bit boring now. They drag on for a little bit, but it's, it's an excuse for a free piss up. Of course it is. <laughs> and then, of course, you got yourself on one of the biggest shows of the last 10 years, Game of Thrones. Tell us a little bit about working on that. Yeah, well, I mean, blink and you'll miss it, but it was um, so it was one of them. So I went for I went for a, a meeting with them about it, and uh, it would, must have been about two or three weeks. I was uh, driving home from London two or three weeks later, and my agent rang me and was like, "Right, they've offered you the part in Game of Thrones," and I thought, "Fucking hell!" But here we go. Here we go. Like, <laughs> all the chopper. We're going to fucking Vegas. Like, that's it. I played it. Uh, I remember saying uh, to my agent, oh, so are they going to send over the, the rest of the scenes and things like that and the episodes to read? And there was like, oh, no, it is just only that that one scene. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you bastard. <laughs> so I thought I'd fuck it. I thought I was going to be the next Jon Snow. But it just so happens that it was only one scene. But you know, it was it, like you said, it's not it's the it's the biggest show that that, that has been in the last sort of 10, 15 years. So even to have this small role in there was it was a great honor. And I was watching it at the time as well. So it was kind of brilliant. You know, I was sat in a makeup chair and Amelia Clark was having the wig put on to be Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. And it just all, you know, there was all milling around, you know, Jon Snow's there and 
Now everyone's kicking around and that was a very surreal experience for me. Um, I was very fortunate that Joe Dempsey, who was in This Is England, um, 86, 88 and 90 with me, has got, he played, um, who did he play in Game of Thrones? Uh, I couldn't tell you, but Joe Dempsey, he's a good friend of mine. So he was over in Belfast at the same time. So I was lucky that I had a friend there with me, so I wasn't on my own. And yeah, he really sort of taught me through it all. And uh, yeah, it was a great little thing. And, and I remember my agent ringing me saying, so the guy opposite, acting opposite you's a guy is Ed Sheeran I was like what like, Ed Sheeran that's like me going to Glastonbury and playing the main stage yeah he's coming into our industry and going to the top of the game he's like me going and playing fucking Coachella having never done it before <laughs> uh, but no Ed Sheeran was cool um we yeah we just yeah we it's, again that was another weird one because it was just before his second album was released or his third maybe and he was just playing some of his tracks on his Mac, you know, at lunchtime. And I remember thinking, this is fucking weird because the whole world's going to go mad for this album. And, and, you know, we've listened to it before. So, yeah, it was a real treat. And um, that's got yeah. me one cool lunch break on a Monday yeah, afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me, Maisie Williams and Ed Sheeran. That was pretty cool. Yes. But yeah, no, that was a real treat. And I got to see all the sets and the costumes was brilliant and. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that little, um, I guess it's a cameo really, wasn't it? It wasn't really a, a proper part, but yeah, it was good fun. Well, a cameo in one of the best and one of the biggest shows of the last 10 years is yeah. not to be knocked at. And the, you best have... cameos, um, the best cameo has got to be Ian Brown though. Ian Brown came along to This Is England 90. Oh God, yeah, I remember that, yes, 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 he was. He was the copper one, yeah, with the, yeah, with was, the truncheon, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That beats Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones, doesn't it? <laughs> it's cooler. I think it's cooler. Yeah, definitely. And you must have you must have a, a knack then for starring alongside musicians because the next one we're going to talk about, the Kingsman Golden Circle, what an ensemble cast yeah. this is. And this, wow. like, amongst others, Hal Berry, Channing Tatum, Elton John, <laughs> Jeff Bridges, Michael Gambon, and of course, the lad from Grimsby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the main one at the end there, right? Eh? Yes. Um, yeah, that was another weird one. Um, so Matthew Vaughan was, um, he was casting, uh, Dexter Fletcher directed Eddie the Eagle. Um, and, I was film. Meet, and I was meeting Dexter for that. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a lot of back and forth chat about whether I was going to go in and do it or not, blah, blah, blah. And for, you know, for not the, on, the only reason being, I think, is because Taron Edgerton fucking nailed that part. And it was one of them that yeah. I watched because sometimes you can you can really want a part, and if it don't go your way, you can watch it. And you can be a bit bitter. But having watched Taron in Eddie the Eagle, I remember watching it and going, "Thank fuck he did that because he nailed it." So so for that, I was I was grateful. Um, but I know that Matthew Vaughan was really he, he really I, I got on really well with him. And Matthew rang me saying, "Will you come to London and talk to me about the um, a, a part in Kingsman 2? And I was in my local pub with my dad. I was in Old Lloyd's. And I remember my phone ringing and it was Matthew and he was like, will you come to London tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, obviously. So I uh, <laughs> finished my beer, went home and, and drove to London and then um, met with Matthew and uh, he spoke to me a little bit about the character, blah, blah, blah. And then 20 minutes later, I was in a car for my Kingsman suit fitting. So I had the, like all the proper Kingsman suit and everything like that. Uh, it's almost like the first film where they take him off the street and yeah, it take like, him into the, like that, yeah. <laughs> into the table. Not as handsome as, as Taron. Um, but yeah no so that was all it all happened so fast that um, and because all my scenes was just done on reshoot so I think I only did two or three days 
but yeah, that was mental. You know, there was fucking people just cutting around the, the, the sets, the people who you saw. And Matthew Vaughan flew to work on a chopper <laughs> first. I remember thinking, fucking who comes to work on a chopper? <laughs> One way <laughs> to beat yeah, the traffic. Yeah, well, that's the reason he doesn't like traffic. So we'll just get in a chopper. <laughs> um, but I mean, he's, he's, he's a fucking cool geezer, Matthew Vaughan. Um, he's a legend, isn't he? And, yes. And for him to give me the opportunity to, you know, to, to do Kingsman 2 and, yeah, it was it was a real treat. Um, it'd be nice if he did another one. Um, I'd love to go go back and go back on and work on it, you know, properly and get something to really sink my teeth in and do a bit more. But um, yeah, that was a real treat um, to be able to go and do that. And obviously, being a massive fan of of the first film as well, it was just um, yeah, it was just a real treat. And I think Elton John nailed it as well. I think Elton yeah, he John, did. <laughs> that was um, that was the, what uh, the, the premiere of Kingsman was one of very few times that I took a step back and gone, fuck Jesus, this is incredible. Me and my wife, Charlotte, we went along um, and I remember we was on the red carpet and um, it was at the Odeon in Leicester Square. And we did that, we walked the carpet, had the photos and we went and stood upstairs and there's a balcony. And I remember just stood having a glass of champagne with Charlotte and we both looked over and we just saw the, the, the scale of what we was part of. And I, I, I just, I said to Charlotte, I thought, how the fuck have we managed to get here, man? Like, <laughs> this is incredible, you know. It, it, that it, is amazing. Yeah. It really, really was sort of a, you know, a, a stand back and, and appreciate where you are um, moment for me. It was a real eye opener. And, you know, getting given the opportunities like that in life really, really makes me want to work harder and and, and appreciate it more. Give, give myself the opportunity to, to be at things like that and be part of things like that and also be proud of it and to show young kids from Grimsby and anywhere in the world that, you know, if you, if you get given an opportunity, you work your ass off and you, you can achieve anything, you know, it's yeah, that, that really, really does give me the sort of drive to, to work my ass off and, and yeah, sort of appreciate everything that life's given me really. And that's beautiful. And I reckon you will inspire a couple of kids from around the UK with them. Right. Um, with a work ethic like that and yeah, like you man. say, if you if you get given an opportunity, hard work, hard work is what gets you there, man. It and, is, it know. really is because, you know, it, you know, the circumstances that in which I found myself with, with Shane offering me This Is England, very, very much out of the blue and the right place at the right time. But, you know, I got offered the film and I worked my ass off doing it. And I also worked my ass off after. And I worked my ass off right up until, you know, for the next... 25 30 40 50 years and I will continue to work hard you know I got given the opportunity but I can't take away from the fact that you know I, I, I I've put a lot of graft into it myself as well you know you know and, right. I, and I've sort of and I've, I've put a lot of you know a lot on the line in a sense that my upbringing was very different to to a lot of other kids and for that I, I I'm I'm so buzzing with it with the upbringing that I had but you know I also missed out on a lot as well so yeah so we've mentioned, of course, you're from Grimsby and you're a Mariners fan. Let's have a shout out for some of your favourite players and Grimsby Town over the years. Over the years. I over mean, the years. I mean, there's the, the, the obvious one for me would be Craig Disley, um, who was our captain. He captained our side to get us promoted out of the uh, non-league, out of the conference four years ago, I'm going to say, maybe more, five, six years ago. Um, who... It became a bit of a, a like a, a, 
I mean, I like to say, whether he says that I'm his friend or not, I don't know, but I like to say that he's my friend because he's a fucking hero. Yes. Um, but he, um, when he retired, um, Craig sent me a text and said, I'm having my testimonial um, at the end of the month. And he said, I'd love it if you'd come down and play. I remember looking at my phone going, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> so I remember walking into the dressing room and um, it was on a Tuesday night and I walked into the dressing room and I looked around and there was like, oh my, the, all the, the, the shirts are hung on the wall and there's like, oh my Bogle. And then John Paul Pittman, Craig Disley, Sean Pearson, you know, Toto Nisala, Thomas Turgu. So I thought, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> you know, Padre Gamond, all these players that, I, that I've grown up adoring. And weirdly, they're the only people that really make me starstruck. And um, I remember just walking out onto the field. You know, I, I got subbed on. But I think it was Padre Gamond who, like, scored 40 goals in our promotion winning season. And he came off and I came on. I'm thinking, how the fuck have I managed to get here? Like, this is <laughs> Did you have a good game? I had a cracking game. I, very, you... I, I only played for, like, 15 minutes at the end. But um, I had a very good game. Yeah, I put a few good crosses in. And, uh, yeah, I was playing on the right wing. Um, but, yeah, man, that, that, so, that, so Craig you know, I've got to thank him for that opportunity. Um, yes. And again, just some of the players that are named, you know, that weirdly have become friends of mine really through, you know, me and my friend uh, Lloyd, who's also, he's from Grimsby. He's a comedian. Um, so Lloyd and me used, we hosted, I think four or five of the um, uh, end of the year um, uh, award ceremonies for the players. Um, so we hosted, hosted four or five of them. So we became friends of the club and, um, so, yeah, we've got a few, you know, a few of these people who I've grown up loving and admiring have become friends of mine. So, but is that I Lloyd Griffith? Him. Lloyd Griffith, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a funny man. Yeah, so Lloyd's a good <laughs> friend of mine. Um, so we've just, you know, we've, we've been so lucky to be able to be part of the club and, you know, we do we do a lot for the club and things like that. Um, but just going back to the players. So my one of my best friends who I grew up with, Jack Clifton, um, I, I'm... I like to think I'm a family friend of his, you know, I know his mum Julie really well and we go around to family barbecues, but Jack's little brother, Harry plays for Grimsby and he's in first team. And I, I've actually got Clifton on the back of one of my t-shirts. So I always find that strange that I'll go around for a barbecue at Jack's house, wearing a t-shirt with his little brother on the back. And then <laughs> Harry will then turn up and I'm just, I, I think I might do his head in a lot of the time. because <laughs> I do is talk to him about work all the time. I bet he thinks, fucking hell man, like talking shop all the time. But yeah, no, it's, um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the club and now more than ever, I guess, because we're in lockdown, I've got nothing else to sort of focus my time on. It's, um, yeah, big Grimsby Town fan at the moment. What a good job the football's been on. <laughs> Imagine Honestly. if the football would have shut down completely. I genuinely don't know what I'd have done. Yeah. Like remember it's... when the German league was the first league to come back? Yeah, that was like last May, wasn't it? When Stuttgart was playing fucking <laughs> Werner Brenham or whoever. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone was like, fucking get better on you. <laughs> get me some football on now. Yeah, man. Yeah. But that's what football <laughs> does. People don't realise it, man. People don't realise what football does for people. It's, it's such a huge, huge sport that it, it literally, that it's the only thing that keeps me going at the moment through the weeks. I look forward to Saturday afternoons watching the football with my dad. And, and as I said, it's the only thing at the moment that, that we've got going on, you know. So it's super important. And yeah, I think that's one of the main reasons it's carried on. Yeah, of course it is. It's been a it's been a rare joy, hasn't it? Yeah. And unless so, you're a, unless you're a Liverpool fan, 
<laughs> well, they've got they've gone from winning oh, it and now they're whoa, what seventh? What a title defense! Oh, for how, how the mighty have fallen there. Oh, mental, isn't it? I can't believe I it. I can't believe it. No, I mean, they have had some bad injuries though in defense, haven't they? But oof, they've had a yeah. lot of injuries, yeah. But I mean, the blue side of Manchester, I don't think anyone's getting anywhere near them. I know, obviously, oh no, United no. beat them the other week, didn't they? But I mean, just week in, week out, they're just fucking unstoppable like there was the other season you know when Aguero was just on fire yeah but fair play to him this time around because they've done it without Aguero and yeah. Jesus isn't exactly the most prolific striker but they've, they've stuck so at it scorers, aren't they? Like yeah Gundogan. and Gundogan he's really come to the fore hasn't he fair John play Stones as well Stones has scored a few isn't he yeah, Stones is becoming clinical isn't he? he's bagging them every yeah, week I think Stones has scored more than Grimsby Town have scored all season <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I genuinely think he might have done. How many has he scored? Seven or eight? <laughs> He's got about seven or eight, hasn't he? I think that might be more than Grimsby scored all season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good hell, Jesus. Imagine signing John Stones and just playing with our keeper, M- M- McEwen and fucking John Stones. I reckon we'd do all right in League Two. <laughs> he, came from, uh, he came from Barnsley as well, didn't he, Stones? Did he? Yeah, yeah. Moyes yeah. took him to Everton for about 500 grand and then they sold him for 40 mil to City. <laughs> Just think, for what Stones costs, they could buy Grimsby probably five times over. That's Jesus. Do you know something like one of the one of the most obscure lockdown football stories I saw was Wrexham, they got a buyout, didn't they? And it was uh, Ryan Reynolds, the film star. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds bought fucking Wrexham, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit random, isn't it? I don't know how I'd feel. I don't know how I'd feel if Brad Pitt came in and bought Grimsby Town because it's like, don't know. I mean, maybe he is passionate about football, but I can't see it being at the forefront of his mind. And if you're running a, you know, you're not just buying a fucking, you're not buying a burger shop on the corner, are you? You're buying what is people's passion. You know, yeah. people for generations have followed that club. So I think he needs to really be, I think you need to put in, you know, you need to show that you, you're compassionate and you, you know, you need to show the heart that you actually want to be part of the club. So yeah, and these clubs have been a major thing that they've been standing for like hundred years or or so, and like say all the generations of you know and the local communities that have gone to watch them. But oh, it's just just generations of generations. It's you know it's people's livelihood. So but you um, never know if you do want to buy out, you just got to get uh, Stephen Graham to uh, yeah, text Johnny like, Depp, get like, Johnny Depp on the go. Might get Stevie G to buy Grimsby Town. See how that does. <laughs> yeah. So we spoke before about um, obviously Intergalactico coming out um, at the end of April. What other projects have you got coming later this year? So at the moment, obviously, it's you know it's kind of so difficult at the minute because we've been in lockdown for so long. Um, you know, it's been a great opportunity for me to excuse me. It's been a good opportunity for me to to read the things that I, that you know that have been sent and. You know, it's it's been a good time to sort of reflect and really think about what I want and what sort of roles that I want to play in future. Um, so yeah, it's just I mean, at the moment I've, I'm supposed to start filming on a horror film called Magpie. That was supposed to start in May, but I think that's now been pushed to June um, because of COVID restrictions and things. So um, hopefully that starts filming pretty soon. That's gonna that's a horror film directed by a guy called Dean Puckett or Puckett. Um, so yeah, hopefully start that in June, which I don't know when will be released. I haven't got a clue. Um, and then, yeah, just sort of see how intergalactic does and, you know, hopefully that does well and we can go back and make more of that. And yeah, man. Yeah. Just sort of just getting fucking getting good at pro clubs, I guess. Getting really, really <laughs> good at pro clubs on FIFA. 
<laughs> and I always ask this one, if you could go back in time, watch any gig anywhere, who would you go and watch? Um, I mean, there's a couple. I mean, I, I would have loved to have been at Nebworth. Nebworth, 96, Oasis. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm on about Robbie Williams, mate. Not. <laughs> <laughs> he did three nights out, yeah, didn't he? fucking hell, not, not Oasis. <laughs> no, yeah, no, obviously, Oasis at Nebworth, I would have loved to have been there. Um, I would love to have been at Live Aid. Um, that's the one that uh, Queen didn't it? Live Aid, yeah, Freddie, Freddie, yeah, the man. I would have loved to have been there. Um, I just I would have loved to have seen the Beatles anywhere, man. I'd be even in my back garden, I'd, I'd love to have seen them anywhere. Um, I would have loved to have gone to see Michael Jackson. I imagine that would have been a great show. Um, yeah, man, I, but I think, I think if you ask me tomorrow. Well, fucking Jesus. Tomorrow, I'd go see anyone. I'd go to any gig tomorrow. So would I. So yeah. would I. We but need I gigs back in our lives. Ultimately, I think it probably would be um, Oasis and Nebworth, I think. Yes. And do you know something? That would probably be my pick as well. Mm. Or the one that they did at Main Road as well. That looks pretty good. That was the same year, wasn't it? And Liam had the umbrella top on. Oh, my God, how iconic. Yeah, man. Yeah, I would <laughs> that, so... Yeah. And talking about the Beatles are releasing a film, aren't they? Peter Jackson's done it. He's put it together in New Zealand um, and he's gone through like hundreds of hours of archived footage from the Abbey Road sessions and he's put together like a, a documentary film and you've got to go on YouTube, check out the trailer, man, because wow, I'm telling you, yeah, the, the way they've, the way they've, in, you know, they've enhanced the footage now and sort of polished it up. It looks like you, it looks like you're there, man. It looks like you're in a studio. Tupac in LA, can't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. With all the holographic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to check that out, mate. I, I tell you what, I loved, I surprisingly loved um, yesterday, the one that Danny Boyle did. Um, oh yes, I thought yes. That was great, man. I thought that was a great film. But you know what? I watched. Robert I mean, Carlyle played John Lennon in that, didn't I he? I had no idea, mate. Yeah. I yeah. come out of cinema and I thought, who played? John Lennon here because that was so subtle yeah. so brilliantly played and it, yeah it was Robert Carlyle I couldn't believe it <laughs> yeah yeah so I really enjoyed that and I think it sort of sort of it relit the fire it relit the Beatles fire for me really got into them again after watching yesterday so many great films like Bohemian Rhapsody at the moment and um, uh, what's the um, Yelton John film yeah of course your man Sad and Egerton Rocket Man yeah yeah, and so Bohemian Rhapsody was amazing as well, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of great biopics at the minute, you know, creation stories and that, so, yeah. Man. Creation stories is the latest among them, and it's, like we said before, the biggest British film out at the minute. Yeah, and that's anyone, only because there's fuck all else out, though. Even even if, <laughs> even if it was up against Oscar-nominated films, man, yeah, that would be yeah, a I huge British film. Yeah. And anyone who's a music fan needs to get down and, well... Get, get on Sky or Now TV and see it. And hopefully, like you said before, it'll get a, a cinema release later in the year as well. Yeah, hopefully, mate. Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah, it'd be nice to go around and do some... I know me and Alan was on about maybe going around and do, like doing some DJing together. We Because I DJ a lot. Oh, do you DJ? Right. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, I know Alan McGee DJs, but I didn't know you do as well. Yeah, right? yeah. So I've been doing it for a long time now. So, yeah. Uh, so it'd be nice to go, go out and get a little bit of a, a thing going on for that. That'd be good go out and promote a little sort of little indie tour, which would be quite good. So yeah, we just have to sort of wait and see what kind of shape that the world's in, in, you know, the next coming months, which I think is very touch and go at the moment, isn't it? So what do you think? What do you reckon about the, what do you think? I think we're going to go back to a bit of normality or? Um, I'm just hoping so when, uh, you know, 
the the majority have been vaccinated. I hope so towards the end of the year. Mm. Let's see. I mean, festivals are being announced now, aren't they? I think maybe that's yeah. a bit ambitious, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, maybe around September time. Yeah, but, they've just announced the Kendall calling lineup. Yeah, yeah, we saw. Man, yeah. some of these, some of the lineups are insane, aren't they? And it's like I just hope to God that some of these gigs can go ahead. Yeah, cause... man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'll be DJing at Kendall again this year. So, oh, so you've DJed at Kendall before? Yeah, then? I've done it for the last five years, I think. I've right. So, yeah, hopefully that was one thing I spoke to the guys yesterday and um, said about booking it in. So, hopefully that. I mean, it's just something to look forward to, you know. Yeah, of course it is. So, have you ever DJed in Manchester then? Yeah, loads of times. Yeah, I've DJed. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done. Like, trying to think of any venues DJ'd at Sankey's a couple of times oh, oh my god yeah it's well, a bit random yeah uh, where else have I done uh, what venue Avenue. that was is it Fifth Avenue yeah Fifth Ave yeah yeah Yeah, Fifth Ave um, oh god a few, a few places a few places in Manchester I love it I, love it. I enjoy doing it it's good fun I mean I sort of fell out of love of it a little bit because I was just drinking too much I was just caning the booze all the time so if you're doing sort of you know there was times where I was DJing five nights a week so I was in Fucking Bristol one night, Scotland next, Manchester the next, then Newcastle, and you know, boozing every night. It sort of took its toll a little bit. But yeah, now I'm enjoying it now. Yeah. And I better Good get stuff. it all in. Got to get it all in before I'm too old. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same, mate. I'm the same. Well, Thomas, mate, thank you for coming on the show today. It's been ace talking to you. And uh, thank you so much, mate. Yeah, no worries. Pleasure. Cheers, bud.